You're listening to Be You with Jackie Moore. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. I am so thankful and excited that you are listening. Um, I hope that your Christmas season is off to a good start. I know that right now as I'm recording, I am able to look at my tree and look at all the gifts under the tree. And there's honestly just something that gives me so much happiness about looking at all the the gifts that are wrapped. Honestly, some of them not so great, but from far away, they all look like they have a really good wrapping job. Um, and I love, I just love this part of Christmas, the the part where you give gifts, um, that opportunity to give to people. I know that different, that depending on the year, sometimes maybe that can feel like a burden. But I think that one of the things that always helps me to not have gift giving feel like a burden is to kind of remember why we give gifts, what it, it symbols for us. And I think that, you know, one of the, and this is kind of cliche or cheesy, but it, it's so true that one of the reasons that we do give gifts is in remembrance and as a symbolism of the fact that Jesus was a, the greatest gift that we will ever receive. And the way that he came as a child, um, growing up, living the life that he did, he is truly the perfect gift. And I think another thing that we can remember when we look at gifts or if you have like smaller children, a good way to to help them or even older children, honestly, um, help them to remember that it's not just about getting the gifts under the tree, but to help them kind of remember why we get gifts is also um, thinking back to the fact that Jesus got gifts from the wise men. And so there's a lot of significance that goes into the gold and the frankincense and myrrh. We're not going to talk about that today, but I am going to talk about the kind of the story of the wise men or the magi, kind of depending on maybe what version you're reading. So I'm going to read in Matthew chapter two. I'm going to start in one and I'm going to go through verse 12. It dawned on me as I was getting ready to record this, though, that some people may be listening to this and may not be believers, and maybe you've never thought of Christmas as anything other than a commercial holiday that just tries to get you to spend all your money to prove your love for someone. So if that's you, that's okay. Um, but I would encourage you as you're listening to, if you feel like you're a little confused, um, read the beginning of Matthew and the beginning of Luke. I've I've read pieces of them. That's because I'm assuming that the majority of my audience knows the Christmas story, um, the coming in the birth of Jesus and is very familiar with it. But I understand that some of you may not be. So I definitely encourage you to read through the beginning of Matthew, the beginning of Luke. This is where you will find the reason or, or the story of Jesus's birth. Um, it's not in Mark or John. Those are the two other gospels. And I don't know all of the reasons for this necessarily, but I do know that each gospel writer, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all had sort of a different audience in mind. And so even though things are maybe different in their accounts, it's it's just because they're in one part 
intended audience is a little bit different. So there's that. Hopefully, if you're reading along, that kind of give you time to to turn to Matthew chapter two. As I'm reading this or as you're reading along with me, I would love for you to try to picture this. So maybe go back to like an English class if you had an English teacher that really tried to get you to imagine or to visualize as you read. I want you to actually picture this as we're reading. So now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah in the days of Herod the king, Magi, which is wise men here, if you've, if you've only heard wise men when it says Magi, that's what it's referring to. Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me, so that... I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star, which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. So in this, you see that the Magi are following a star, that they don't 100% know exactly where they're going or what they're doing. They just know that they've been told to go find this king. And this king is going to be near this star. And so they went to ask the current king, where might we find the king of the Jews? And as you can imagine, if you put yourself in Herod's place, this kind of freaked him out a little bit, right? Like I'm the king and and I don't know all of the history behind Herod, but from what I can remember from listening to different sermons, I know that he was a pretty evil king and did some pretty pretty evil things. So this threat to his throne is unsettling for him. That's how he heard the Magi coming to him and asking and talking to him about um, about where is this other king? He He viewed that as a threat. And so when he says, in verse um, 9, or in verse 8, when he tells the Magi, go and search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. That wasn't really his plan, right? And we, we can infer that based on what happens later, where Herod ends up killing all baby boys under the age of two, because the Magi here in a dream to not go back. They're warned by God to not go back to Herod and tell Herod where Jesus is. 
And so Herod just basically, okay, I'll kill them all. Right? And so this can, reading this, there obviously is a lot in this story, but the thing that, that stuck out to me the most this time was that the Magi were doing God's will, right? They were doing what God had called them to do. They were, to, to go along with the theme of my podcast, they were being who God created them to be. They were gift bearers for the, for the child Jesus. They were gift givers. Um, they were doing what they were called to do. And along the way, they met some resistance. They met some evilness, honestly. And that evilness in this sense came in the form of Herod. And they didn't totally panic. At least we don't see this anyway in the story, right? They are just being faithful to what they have been called to do. They go, they deliver their gifts. And then whenever the Lord warns them to go home a different way, they do that right? And they go home a different way. And so this story, as simple as it is, was so comforting to me in a season that I'm in right now where it can be hard sometimes for me, for whatever reason, to um, trust the Lord and, and to believe what the Lord says he is going to do. I think on um, my good days, I do a good job of that. And on my bad days, I don't. I have a really hard time believing, which later on in the New Testament, um, it, it tells us that we can pray for the Lord to to help us in our unbelief. And so I, I have been praying that a lot, but I am so encouraged by just what happens here with the wise man and that God takes care of this. Like you could view, look at this story and you could say, well, why did God not tell the wise men to not go talk to King Herod? Why didn't he totally control every single thing that they did at all times? Right? And I think that that's because we, we don't have um, a God who, who is, is super, super controlling and, and domineering. And, and we ha- but we do have a God who is going to protect us. And he is going to take care of us. And I think we see this played out beautifully and he protects the magi um, he protects his son there is so much protection going on here because who knows what would have happened to the magi if they had gone back and they had told um, Herod based on the fact that he he killed all of these boys it sounds like that in a rage he could have done who knows what to the magi so so the Lord protects the magi and he also protects his son Jesus you see later on where um, he will in that in that chapter you'll see where Jesus and and Joseph and Mary will flee to Egypt to avoid being killed and I just am so comforted by the fact that even if we don't fully know everything is going on we can't see what's going to happen as a result of what God calls us to do, God knows and he has a plan. The, the Magi did not know that the, that Herod would end up killing all of these boys, right? But God knew. And so he had a plan to protect Jesus and to protect um, the wise men. And as I, I was, as I was even just saying this, the thought, just honestly came to mind, well, what about all those poor babies that died, right? And my my answer to that right now in this moment is honestly, I don't know. 
I really don't. But I think that the tension and and the grace um, that we have with a God who loves us is that we can go to him with that question. And that's something that that I think that we can say, hey, God, like I, I get this, but this part doesn't make sense. And he may reveal to us an answer or he may choose not to. And that is is his choice that he gets to decide. Um, but I think that our ability to trust him, no matter what, is something that will build our faith and build our faith in him and build our trust in him. And that oftentimes looks like us asking him to help us do that. But I think that that's okay because whenever we are trusting him and we've asked him to help us trust him, then we are able to be who we were created to be. 